welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. First Peter chapter 1, I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. Verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, that spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren fervently love one another from the heart for you have been born again not of seed which is perishable but imperishable that is through the living and enduring word of God for all flesh is like grass and all is glory like the flower of grass the grass withers withers and the flower falls off but the word of God that and but the word of God of the Lord endures forever and this is the word which we preached to you. May God add his blessing to his, the reading of his holy word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, gathering us around your word. We pray that you speak to us and reveal yourself to us again in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Um, in our previous teaching, I spoke about the sanctifying word of God the sanctifying power of the truth, of the obeyed truth. It is not the truth that sanctifies, but it is our obedience to the truth that sanctifies us. So your obedience, my obedience, not to anything, when we talk about the truth, is not something being true or false. So this one is true. It's not obeying any truth, but it's obeying the truth. When the Bible says the truth, the word of God is truth. And the word of God is the sanctifying agents of the soul. We obey the truth to the purifying, to the cleansing, to the sanctifying of our souls. All right. Let me read it from there. King James, as usual. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. So it takes the Spirit. That is why, as I said, um, spiritualia spiritualite examina too. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They can only be understood by the one whose spirit is open to God in reverence. So it takes whatever, I keep quoting the Scriptures, whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is born. John 3, 6. Whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Paul says, I thank God whom I serve with my spirit. 
Romans chapter 1 verse 9. I serve God with my spirit. In Revelation chapter 1, it says that I was in the spirit, verse 10. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the spirit, chapter 4, verse 1. I was in the spirit. So uh, it takes being in the spirit. The time is coming and now is when the true worshippers, John chapter 4 from 23, that's the words of Jesus. When the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For God is a spirit, and those for, so those who worship my worship in verse twenty four in spirit. So it's spirit. If your spirit is disengaged, then you are not going away. For the spirit himself, Romans chapter eight verse sixteen, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the sons of God. So it takes an activity in the spirit so as to be able to assimilate and receive God's word and obey the truth for the sanctifying and the cleansing. So the spirit is behind the cleansing agent. Remember in chapter 1, the same chapter, verse, verse 2, it says that elected according to the foreknowledge of God, through the sanctifying of the spirit unto obedience. So you can obey the word of God outside of the sanctifying effect of the provoking effect or of the triggering effect of the Holy Spirit. So this is talking to people who are born again, who are born of God. So you are born of God and the Holy Spirit has produced a sanctifying effect or as yeah, a, a produce and a, a, a desire which makes you obey the word of God. All right. So now we have to obey the truth to the sanctifying of our, our souls. So we obeying the Spirit of God sanctified or provokes our spirits, enabling us to obey the truth. And then the truth, obeying the truth, is what invariably sanctifies our soul. Our spirits are sanctified, but our souls can be sanctified by obedience. And our obedience is initiated from our spirits, which is indwelt. So the spirit which our spirits are occupied and energized by the spirit of God. So energized to be able to be inclined. We have this inclination. Once you are born again, there is this this inclination. You are inclined a certain way. You are predisposed a certain way. You have that predisposition. Okay, so the predisposed sanctification, the 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 the, the, the dispositional sanctification. It makes you predisposed. You are disposed in a certain way, inclined, and that is by the Holy Spirit. And now, if you yield yourself in that disposition in line uh, to the obedience of God's word in in effect obedience of God's word brings a cleansing of your soul very important and your soul when your soul is cleansed that is the saving of your soul all the junk and the challenge of our lives is not from outside is from inside he says that abstain from fleshly lust which war against your soul is at war in first peter chapter 2 verse 11 or so as strangers and pilgrims you are traveling don't indulge in all kinds of things that is only in people who are only focused on here that's all they do don't live like that don't live that don't plan your wedding like someone who doesn't have a heaven to go <laughs> Don't plan your party like someone who does not have a heaven in view. Don't live your professional life like someone who doesn't live for a better future in God. So we, we are pilgrims. 
And so we are pilgrims. We have to abstain from fleshly lust. That war against your soul. Because when you get there, it's the state of your soul that will determine the enjoyment you get. The state of your soul, the salvation of your soul, the end of your faith is the chapter 1 verse 9, First Peter. The, the salvation, the end of your faith is the salvation of your soul. And it, your soul can be saved, received with meekness, the engrafted word of God, James 1 21, which is able to save your soul. Lay aside all uh, filthiness, receive with meekness. So you have to, it's, it's important. Now, so now when you're, you are walking in obedience to the truth, okay, something happens automatically. This is a very important aspect of the chapter one. Very important. Two major aspects of chapter one, besides what God has done for us, the, the choosing and the election and the regeneration of the father, the redemption of the son and the sanctifying impact of the Holy Spirit. Besides these major truths, the next thing that is so important is on our part is living a holy life, okay, based on the nature of God. But that's not just that. That's not just that. When you obey the truth, what happens? Let's go into that. Seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto, you have purified your soul, resulting in unfeigned love of the brethren. When you come, when you are reading the Bible and you come across the word brethren, it's talking about the church, people in the church. Sometimes it's not interesting how we are we are more accommodating to people the behavior, wrong behaviors and attitude of people outside the church than the people inside the church. It's, it's interesting how it takes some Christians to attack Christians more. More Christians attack Christians as it were, than, especially in a community, than even unbelievers will. Sometimes it's the Christians who start and empower the unbelievers and ask the unbelievers to join. It's very, I'm saying something very interesting. You got born again. It's your other sister who has always been going, who was going to church before you got born again. She has become the major persecutor in the house and has, is inspiring your other family members to attack you. You know, they don't have the life of God. They are around people, but there's nothing that draws people to Christ around them. And when you start working with God, just even assume that you are praying in the house, but you are so noisy, it's irritating people. You might be wrong in that sense, but the way this person will attack you, he will attack you like he's not a Christian. Years ago, as I told you some time ago, a guy was living with some, a, 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 a Christian brother, didn't have a house, so he went to pitch with another Christian brother, and they were living with others, sharing the same house with other people. And this Christian brother wakes up in the morning and starts blowing tones, making noise. You know, sometimes tones speaking can be very noisy, let's admit it. Okay, I'm not saying it's not it's nonsense. I said noisy. There's a difference between Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So that's okay. Noisy. The fact that it's noisy doesn't mean it's wrong. But I'm just saying it's noisy. Sometimes you are trying to catch a sleep and somebody's speaking in tongues. Sometimes it can be genuinely annoying, <laughs> very irritating. So this guy was doing and all that. And every time he's been disturbing the name, some of them have just gone to work and are sleeping. You are not paying rent, you are just coming to a patch here. Uh, you are just, you know, patching. Why are you disturbing people who are paying rent? So the guy, the guy confronted him. Said, I'm giving him. You stop the prayer. I want you to stop this prayer in the house. Listen, there must be brotherly love 
brotherly love. Even if you are correcting your family member in town, there's a way you will do it to protect their image and show that you, you are for them. That's what I'm talking about. So um, the, the, that's what exposes some people, whether they're actually genuine Christians. The way they can go online, go on social media and attack another Christian. They know this guy is a genuine Christian, but has said something he should have said, has done something he should have done. The way they, they put it in, in public. You see, many people who call themselves Christian, they tend to attack more Christian or Christians on social media than unbelievers. Because sometimes unbelievers don't have a working knowledge of what we are dealing with. Christians and social media blasting a pastor, social media blasting a church leader, social media blasting another Christian. If you have a problem with another Christian, why don't you talk to them and you have gone to put insinuations on social media? We don't do that. We don't do that. That is not good. That means that you are not sanctifying your soul through the obeying of God's word. Through the obeying of God's word. So now, he said, when you sanctify your soul, through the obeying or purify your soul through the obeying of God's word. Do you know what re the resultant effect? It results in loving. Ah, ah, ah. Loving. It says unfailing love for the brethren. You love the brothers. You love, when I say brothers, brethren, brothers and sisters. The Bible calls us and enjoys us and challenges us, inspires us unto loving brethren. In First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Did you see that? Fear God, honor the king. Love the brotherhood. It's, a, it's an instruction. Jesus said, by this, by this shall all the world know you are my disciple. When you have love one for another. John chapter 13, verse 35. When you have love one for another, the world will know you are my disciples. First John chapter 4, verse 21. It talks about loving the, the love of the brethren. First John 4, 21. The love of the brethren. In Romans chapter 12, I would like to read that one, verse 9 and 10, sorry. We only usually talk about Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, by the message of God, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy. But look, we have, we have not looked at verse 9. Verse 9 and verse 10 is so powerful. It says that, let love be without dissimulation. In other words, without hypocrisy and fakery. Let love be without dissimulation. Let abhor what is evil, cleave to that which is good. Verse 10, be kindly affection, uh, affectioned one to another with brotherly love. With brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. In honor, to be honored. Okay, let, uh, let, let him be honored. Let, it doesn't matter. Let him take the glory. It says that, let me read it again, verse 12, verse 10, sorry. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. Brother, you feel for the brother. You feel when someone is going to do something, we are there for them. The God calls us to love the believers first. So when is a believer here and an unbeliever here, when both of them need love and you have one love to offer, he said, first the believer. Bible says that love the brotherhood. In um, Galatians chapter 6, it says, let us do good to all men. How many men? All men. Do good to everybody, your neighbors, your, your enemies, strangers, friends, family, annoying family members, friendly family members. He said, do good to 
all men, watch this, but especially those who are of the household of faith, those who are in church, those who are Christians, those who are children of God. He said, especially. So they, in the line of, in order of importance, so long as distribution of love is concerned, it starts with the church. It starts with their brethren. It's important. So let's be church. Let's be interested in the welfare of one another. You are you have people amongst us who have been eating, who are hungry, and you are more interested in feeding the hungry on the street. Oh, your interest is more outsiders, how they see you. But we should love one another. Love one another with a brotherly love. Second Peter chapter 1, um, I think verse 7 or so, verse, just verse 7, it talks about how add to this, add brotherly love. Brotherly love, it must be added. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1, let brotherly love continue. Don't break it. Don't spoil it. Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Let, let brotherly, brotherly love continue. First Peter chapter 3 verse 8. It says that finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Be courteous. The way you are even commenting on somebody's status or you want to correct somebody, be courteous. But it says that love as brethren. Let's love like people who are family. Let's love like people who are family. I didn't read the first John and I would like to read it. A man say, I love God. I hate his brother. The brother here is not talking about all human beings. The brother, you know who a brother is. And hates his brother. He's a liar. For he, he that loves not his brother whom uh, he has seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? Chapter 5 verse 1. Whoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat, loves him that gave birth, Okay, loveth him also that is begotten of him. If you love the one who gave birth, you will love the one who he has also given birth to. You can't say I love God, but I can't stand church people. The people who say me, I'm a Christian, but it's church people I don't like. They are not, they are not genuine Christian. They don't have a love for God. And Bible says that they are, to sum the commandments, Mark chapter 12, verse 30, love the Lord your God with all your soul, uh, all your mind, all your soul, all your heart, and all your strength. Love that with all of it. Love that. And if you love God, it will invariably show in your love for the people of God. So if you are obeying God's word and your soul is sanctified, it ends up invariably, invariably, no two ways about that. So now how do we know someone whose soul is sanctified? Not the one who is quoting scripture. No, but the one who is, who is walking in a genuine love. No, 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 no. Watch this. He spoke about genuine love. Let me read it again. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love. Unfeigned, that's another big word. I don't know if my time will permit me. That's a big one. Unfeigned love. It means unmasked love. Genuine love. Pure love. Love without dissimulation. Unfeigned love. Pure love. Unpretentious love. Let, let love, brotherly love continue. Let love be without dissimulation. Now, it is all, watch this, watch this. It is only God who has pure love. It's only God who can love a soul 
purely, without infiltrations, without selfish, uh, selfish infiltrations, carnal instincts, in, in, infiltrating it and polluting it and blemishes of the flesh, the world and self and the like. It's only God who has pure love. And so when we begin to receive washing by the word, the water of the word, when we are washing it, our souls are being purified. We end up becoming more of God. And the more of God we are becoming, guess what? The more we can demonstrate the pure love of God, the pure love of God. Now watch this. This is leading me to something very profound and very important. Before I do that, let me read from different translations. <sighs> Since you have in obedience to the truth, purify your soul. I'm reading from the New uh, American Standard Version. In obedience to the truth, purifying your souls for a sincere love. So he uses sincere love. Let's look at the Amplified. Amplified says here that since by your obedience to the truth through the Holy Spirit, you have purified your hearts. She used the word hearts instead of soul. Because your soul is part of your heart. Purified your heart for, for the sincere affection of the brethren. So when you purify your heart, it results in sincere affection of the brethren. Um, NIV, New International Version. New now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere. He also uses the word sincere. Unfeign. King James uses the word unfeigned love. How does New King James put it? I hope you don't mind me reading from different versions. Yeah, Bible studies, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he says that since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren. So practically in sincere love of the brethren. Uh, let me read even more. It's the English Standard Version. It says, Having purified your soul by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. So you do that for. When you do it, it results. It's unto. King James, I like the way King James says, unto the love of the brethren. Unto the love of the uh, unfeigned love. So now let's talk about unfeigned love. Everybody has a mask. Something is masking how much you can love and your, 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 the quality of your love. God wants you to remove another mask. <laughs> so sincere means that unmasked. That's the original Greek word. Unmasked. You have not been masked. Unmasked. Unmasked love. For you to live a, a, a pure Christian life, first of all, you need the purifying of your soul through obeying the, 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 the reality of God's word or the truth. And once you purify your soul through obeying the it ends up unmasking your love. You love the believers. You love the brethren with unmasked love. Not, a, not insincere love, but I'm talking about sincere love. Unmasked love. Please unmask your love. Please unmask your love. Purify your soul to the unmasking of your love. If your love is still marked that means that your soul is not really pure 
Hallelujah. Your souls have not been purified. Your souls have not been purified. Our souls, if I, I can be preaching and making so much noise as I'm doing, if I don't exercise love, I'm not relating with others in the church, the brethren in love. If brotherly love is not continuing through me, that means that my soul is still not pure enough because I still have marked love. Insincere love. You are smiling with the person, but you are upset with them. You are smiling, you are shaking hands, but you don't like them. You are saying hello, hello, but you don't like them. You, when you heard about their testimony, you are clapping, but your heart is not happy. You are not happy. You wish that marriage would never happen. You, why should they be married? It should have been you. And you say, oh, I'm happy for you. You are lying. You are not. I'm happy for you. This news is so good. When I heard it, I'm out. you go ahead, baby. You got a new house. You got a new job. I'm happy for you. Bought your house. I'm happy for you. Come on. Come on. Let it be genuine. I'm not saying don't say it, but let it be genuine. It must come. We must have genuine heart. But you can't fake it. You can't fake genuine heart. You can't fake genuine love. How can you have genuine love? By first of all, being purified. Watch this. It's only Christians who can have genuine love. Unbelievers, even if they are showing love, it always is has it always has blemishes inside it. It's only us when God oozes or we are getting concentrated with God. When our systems are being saturated, our inner man is being saturated with God, our souls are being purified. It enables us to love without mask. Love or in an unmarked way. Love, demonstrate love unmarked, demonstrate love unfeigned, demonstrate love unpretentious, unpretentious love, genuine love. And so we are called unto love. So watch this. He has saved us. He has done the regeneration. Christ has done the redemption. The Holy Spirit has done the sanctifying work. Now our own is to live a godly life, a holy life. And not just that. Number two, produce a loving, uh, a pure love towards the brethren. And he said that, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, intense. Let unbelievers have problems the way we love another, one another. It doesn't matter. That's what the Bible, that's how the Bible teaches us. It's unfeigned love. Gen sincere love is, is the only one that can be that intense without hurting. Hurting both parties. Hurting both parties. Sometimes when you have romantic love, it can be so intense, you end up hurting yourself. Romantic love can hurt you and hurt somebody else. It's an attraction love. When the attraction wanes off, you, you are no more interested. But sincere love, pure love, pure brotherly love, it doesn't wane off. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't fade away. It's just like our inheritance because it's coming from above. It's from above. I pray that may God help us all. In, as the world is hating us, it's not time for Christians to hate ourselves or to hate one another. As the world hates us, we love one another. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 18, he says, the world will hate you because he hated me and he will hate you. They don't know me. They don't love me and they won't love me. Don't think the world, don't think something strange is happening when the world hates you. But there's something strange happening when we are Christians and we are hating one another. We are hating one another or we are not loving one another. And it should, the love should be on marks. Remove the mask over your love. Remove the marks of your love. 
Keep the marks on your face in town and remove the marks of your love. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So it says that, see, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Watch this. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. Let me just throw a little bit light on it as I uh, begin to run it up. We are born again of um, not of corruptible seed. What is a seed? A seed is a container of life. Seed contains life and conveys life. Okay. Seed contains life, life and conveys life. So the seed. Now, you can't have a child. A child cannot be born. A baby cannot be born, whether human baby or animal baby, cannot be born without a seed. So the male will deposit the seed to the female and the female will process the seed. Okay. And then a child is born. So in the same way, or a baby is born in the same way, we are born again. But how do we get born again? There must be a seed involved. You cannot have birth without the involvement of a seed, please. You can't have birth without the involvement of a seed. So a seed must be involved in getting someone birth. And he said, we are born again. Oh, yes. We are, some translations here, we are regenerated. I think the uh, um, uh, the New American Standard Version is likely to say we are regenerated. Verse 23, for we have been born again. Okay, use the word, we have been born again. Other translation, I don't have time to go into other. Okay, let, since I've opened Amplified already. Amplified says that, um, you have been regenerated, born again. You see that? Not from a mortal origin. Not from a mortal origin or see, uh, mortal seed or mortal sperm. Okay. So a, a, a sperm that dies, if you don't freeze the sperm, it will die. Yeah. It will die. It must get into action and bring germination quickly, else it will die. Now it says that, that what gives us born again is not something that dies. It's not perishable. It's not mortal. We are born again by the incorruptible seed. Watch, let me read it again. Um, verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. That means that the other births are produced by corruptible seed, but our birth is produced by an incorruptible seed. And he said, let's get it clear. The word of, uh, what the sperm of God that gets us born again is the word of God. The word of God is the sperm of God. Luke chapter eight, verse 11. He said, the word is, uh, the, the, the word is the seed, or the seed is the word. Okay. The seed is the word. In Matthew chapter 13, verse um, eight, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 4, Jesus said, A sower went to sow seed, and some fell on good grounds. Some fell. So a sower went to sow seed. So being born again has a lot to do with sowing seed. As I'm preaching, guess what? God is through me sowing seeds. God is through me sowing seeds. God is through me sowing seeds. As you preach to people, God is through you sowing seeds. So the word of God is the seed. All right, very impo important. The word of God is the seed. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, it said, For you are born, I think I would like to read it. It's such a very powerful scripture. Are you ready for this? This is getting, it's, 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 it's a bit hot here. This one is hot. Get ready. It says, Whoever is born of God does not commit sin. Why? Anytime you see the word sinner in the Bible, it's talking about people who are not living by the standard of God, not someone who maybe fell into sin. So when you say does not commit sin, doesn't mean he becomes perfect. That's, it means that doesn't continually, habitually stay in sin and doesn't care 
and is enjoying sin. No, whoever is born of God does not does not commit sin. For why? For the seed of God remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. The seed of God. See, when you are born again, it's the sperm of God. You have the DNA of God, the genes of God. The genes of God run through your your system because you are born again. The the word of God is the seed of God. Is the the Greek word is sperma, sperma, which is where we get the the English word sperm from. So the sperma of God is the word of God. As I'm preaching, the sperma of God that brings the life of God. Remember, the sperma of God that like water, it brings the life of God. So we are born again by the seed that conveyed the word of God conveys and uh, and uh, uh, contains the life of God. The word of God is a seed that contains and conveys the life of God. So as I'm preaching the word of God, if it's their word, then the life of God is being conveyed into somebody's life, somebody's health, somebody's marriage. So when we speak, it says that we are born again by the seed of God's word. That's why you can't sin because the thing is inside you. It stays inside you and it does not just, you are not just comfortable around continual sinning. So it says that back to First Peter, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The word of God lives and abides forever. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is as the flower, the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers thereof fall away. So our flesh, anything human, anything physical, that's why, thank God, we are not born again from human source. Because anything human is like grass. Doesn't mean it doesn't have value, but it's short-lived. It's short-lived. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6 to 8, it talks about something the same, about how the human, all flesh is as grass. The flower, uh, 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 the, uh, the, it fades away and blossoms. It goes, or it blossoms for a short season and goes off some one or two. Verse number 11 says that my days are like a shadow that declineth and I am with I, I am withered like grass. Human beings, you are going. You are on your way out. We are all on our way out. It won't be long. You'll be out. It won't be long. That little child will be old and out. We are all growing. We are growing out. We are gro- because we are like grass. If it, today it is there and tomorrow is gone. He fades away. In the book of James, he said, what is your life? He said, what is your life? Just like a vapor. It shows up. In fact, the, the message Bible says that I think it's like a steam also. Steam, and it's gone. And that's human life. It's very frail and very flaky and very short. That's why you can't focus all, everything on this life because we are on our way out. We are pilgrims. We are sojourners. You can't focus everything about you on today or now and the life that now is. James chapter 1, verse um verse 10 it says but the rich but but the rich in that he is made verse verse 10 and 11 yeah um yeah but the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away you have so much wealth it's going you are on your way out for the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat uh, reason with a burning heat, but it but it withers, it withers the grass and the flower thereof falleth, and the the grace of the fashion 
of it perisheth, so also shall the rich man fade away in his in his ways. Doesn't matter how much wealth you have, what you have accumulated, you are fading away. He said, the sun shines and the grass is gone, the flower is gone. It, today is looking so it blossoms so nice. Within a short time, it's gone. That's that's how flimsy, how flaky, how short-lived life and the glory of man can be. Don't boast in what you have and others don't have. Don't don't let your heart be haughty, proud because of what material, something material you possess. Don't let the value of human life, your life, and for that matter, human life, don't value relationship based on material things. Don't value your life based on the shoe you have, the house you have, the car you have, where you live, the certificate you have, the job you do, and the money you have. All those things are fleeting. They are passing away. So he says that, these things, you don't build your, your life around it. Don't build entire life of your life around wealth, material things and possessions and positions and pleasure because they are just fleeting. They are going. Remember how you used to be in a relationship with that guy? You, you guys thought that you are BB, is it uh, BFF? <laughs> BFF, BFF, BFF. Today, you are enemies for life. <laughs> Is enemies for life. EFL. EFL. Enemies for life. No more BFL. So, but guess what? It's fleeting. It just goes. So, whatever you think you are holding on to, it just goes. It just goes. He said that, that all flesh is as grass. Let me read it again. First Peter chapter 1, verse 24. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory and all, all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withereth and the flower. Uh, the flower thereof falleth away. But, there's a but, but the word of God, the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord, put your faith in the word. Put your trust in the word. Obey the word of God. That is what has given birth to you. Obey it. Live it. Trust it. Forget about what negative things unbelievers say about the word. The word of God endures forever. I like this, my Bible. The word of the Lord endures forever. He said, which word? Yeah, that's it. He said, the word, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Which word we have been preached has been preached to you. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached unto you. It endures forever. This thing I'm preaching to you, it endures in future. You will refer to this thing you heard. If you, and if you yield yourself to the word of God, in future you will remember and thank God for the day you heard this word. The word of the Lord endures forever. And so now, in, in conclusion, chapter 1 talks about how God has planned it. God has regenerated us. The Lord has redeemed us. The Holy Spirit has sanctified us for two main reasons. Number one, so that we can also walk in holiness. And number two, so we can also love, walk in unmarked unfeigned love, walk in holiness, or max unfeigned love, because if the word of God purifies us, that's the word of God that gave us born again. So it's already inside. If you're born again, the word is inside. Receive a top up and purify your souls unto love. And the word of God is inside so you can walk with God in holiness and then you can walk with it. You can, uh, you can relate with the brethren, the brethren in genuine, unfeigned, unmasked love. That is, so in spite of all we are going through, all the challenges, the persecution, everything, these two things must abide in the light of what God has done. The bigger things God has done, what are the two things? Love, uh, uh, walk in holiness and love the brethren. 
walk in holiness and love the brethren. May God help us all to walk in holiness and love the brethren. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.